Bible said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Reading out of the New Living Translation, beginning in verse 16, he said, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves, and then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I want to preach and teach this morning for just a little while on what's going to take place when the Lord returns. Now, I know that many, many people that's been Christians for a long time have said, well, I've heard about the Lord coming all my life and ain't nothing happened yet. Well, I just want you to know that we're getting closer every day. I just want you to know that just because you've heard about it for 40 years doesn't mean it ain't going to happen. That just because it's something that granddaddy and great-granddaddy and great-grandmother talked about and you've heard it for so many generations doesn't mean that it's not going to come to pass. I believe that we could take a few moments and we could look around in this world that we're living in and we could see just some natural things going on that is changing and shifting and causing us to have to realize that we're drawing ever closer to the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church. We're getting closer than we've ever done before, than it's ever been. How many times when you just look in the natural part, how many times have you seen as many natural disasters as we have seen in the last couple of years? How many times have you saw the numbers of earthquakes, the numbers of hurricanes, the numbers of, of, uh, uh, of tsunamis, the number of different things that's happened? How many times have you heard about bacteria eating, uh, uh, flesh-eating bacteria in waters on uh, uh, the Gulf Coast. How many times have you heard about uh, ships and cruise lines uh, going astray and, and running up on land and, and having accidents? How many times have you heard lately about plane crashes, about different dis distractions and tragedies that come? I believe with all my heart that these things, even it maybe seems like as insignificant as they are, I believe they're things that's pointing us to try to get us to realize that Jesus is about to come, the rapture's about to take place, and the church and the body of Christ needs to be prepared. We need to be looking for Him. We need to be ready for Him. And we need to be looking for His return. You see, the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be the most phenomenal event in all of human history. It'll be the most amazing and spectacular event ever to be witnessed by the eyes of man. 
I know there's many people that said, well, I've heard about it, but I just don't know if I'll see it. Well, I've, ever since I've been saved, and I've been a Christian for 38 years, and I've been saved a long time, but I felt like from the very first day that I received Christ in my heart that I was going to be part of the generation that was going to see Christ return. I might go by the grave tomorrow, but yet I still believe in my heart that I'm going to be part of the generation that's going to see Jesus appear in those eastern skies and I believe I'm going to see the rapture take place. I believe it's going to be the most spectacular and the most phenomenal event that ever has happened upon the earth. It's important, it's importance cannot be overstressed because when Christ returns, both the blessings and the judgment of God will fall upon the earth. It's going to be a twofold thing. And for the next few minutes, I want us to look at the events that's going to take place at the Lord's return. In verse 16 of our scripture text, he said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. The very first event that will take place is the appearance of the Lord God himself. (coughs) He's not sending Gabriel. He's not sending another angel. But yet, it's the supreme majesty of the universe. The Lord Jesus Christ will rent the eastern skies and miraculously appear in all of his spectacular power and his glory. Now when he appears, three spectacular events is going to take place. The Lord God himself will appear with a shout. The word shout here is used. It means a military command. The commander-in-chief of the universe will shout louder than any voice has ever been shouted before. He's going to shout (coughs) excuse me I've got a tickle in my throat and I can't get rid of it but yet I'm going to preach on. He's going to come with a shout. It's going to be a shout that's going to be louder than any voice that's ever been heard upon the earth. And I believe that it's going to grab the attention of the dead. I believe they're going to come out of the ground. I believe they're going to be resurrected. The second thing that's going to happen is the voice of the archangel will cry out. What will he cry out? His shout will probably be the rallying cry for all the armies of heavenly angels to join the praise of his glorious event. You see, Jesus taught that the heavenly angels would be with him when he returned to the earth. He said in Matthew 25 and 31, he said this, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. But yet the third thing that's going to take place is the trump of God shall sound. The trump has always been for the purpose of arousing attention or either declaring warning. When this takes place the whole universe both earth and heaven, believers and unbelievers, angels and heavenly hosts will be aroused that the Lord 
God himself is now appearing. I believe with all my heart that when that trumpet sounds and the eastern skies are split open and the Lord steps out, all the naysayers, all the doubters that said we were just for religious fanatics that got together on a regular basis to celebrate something that wasn't real is going to have to eat their words as Jesus steps out on the eastern skies and the rapture begins to take place and graves begin to burst open and the dead begin to rise first and then those which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the air where we will ever be with the Lord. It's going to be a time that's going to be astounding. The world is not going to know how to take it if they're not, if they don't know Jesus as their Savior, as their Lord, there's going to be many that's going to write it off as a phenomenal hoax, that it wasn't nothing but a religious play, that it was a setup, that it wasn't real, that it didn't happen, but yet how are they going to explain the millions of people that's going to be raptured and disappear and they can't find a trace of them and their clothes are laying in the seat of their car and their clothes are laying in the seat of whatever vehicle they're in because they've changed into a glorified body. That's going to be a glorious time. You see, the second event that will take place is the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead is going to come out of the grave. Why will the dead believers be the first to be caught up uh, up to meet the Lord? Because the first expression of the Lord's great love and care will be shown to those dear saints who have passed through the shadow of death I believe that God's going to let them be resurrected first because they've went through and walked through the valley of death. They've walked through the valley of despair. They've been through the suffering. They've been through the experience. It is the very nature of Christ to show tenderness and love to those who suffer the most. And I believe that's the reason that when the trumpet sounds, when the eastern skies are split open, when he appears, the dad's coming out of the grave it doesn't matter what kind of vault you bought it doesn't matter how deep they are it doesn't matter where they're at I believe they're coming out of the ground oh you say but I lost my brother in war he went down in a plane over the ocean and they never found the plane and they never found the body on that day if he was a believer he's coming out of the ocean his body will be turned into a glorified body and he'll be resurrected and he'll be in heaven with you and he'll be in heaven with the Lord. Oh, you might say, well, my brother or my sister was killed in a car wreck. They were burned up. There was nothing left of the body. I believe with all my heart that the creator of this body that breathed life into it is going to resurrect every cell and every fiber of every body that he created upon this earth. And on that resurrection day, it don't matter how you die. It doesn't matter what the tragedy was. It doesn't matter if you've been cremated. God's going to resurrect your body and you're coming up out of the ground and God's going to move in your life. I believe with all my heart that the dead in Christ is going to rise first. You see, God's showing so much mercy 
and compassion to those that have already been through the process of death. You see, only departed believers is going to arise. If you have a loved one or a family member that died believing and knowing Christ, they're coming out of the grave. They're coming back up. No unbelievers will be resurrected at this point. Just those who died believing in Jesus Christ will arise when the Lord splits the eastern skies. The second thing, it'll be the bodies of the departed believers that'll be resurrected. For their spirits are already with the Lord, but their body will be raised and transformed to live with the Lord forever. The shout of the Lord to come forth will call every atom of a person's body, no matter where the various parts of a person may be or how they died or how far they've been scattered. Their body is going to be resurrected on that day. Can you give God praise this morning? Do we have a hope in the Lord? Yes, we do. I'm coming out of the grave. It can't hold me down. I'm going to heaven. The third event that will take place is this, that we who are alive will be caught up right after the dead have risen. There will be glorious transformations of our bodies just as there will be of those bodies who have decayed in the earth. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 and 53, he said this, For the corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. The nature of our natural body is corruptible. It's mortal, but the nature of our new body will be incorruptible and immortal. The corruptible and mortal nature means that men are earthly. They age, they die, they decay, they decompose. Every person, no matter who you are, is earthly and will return to the earth unless Jesus returns while you're still alive and you see the rapture. The incorruptible and the immortal nature means that believers will be made heavenly. You may have got up this morning and Arthur may attack your knee and bursitis may have been in your shoulder and you may have creaked when you popped and snapped and walked across the floor, but I got news for you. If you're a believer, when the rapture takes place, uh, there's not going to be any more arthritis. There's not going to be any more pops, uh, snaps, creaks. Uh, there's not going to be any more pain because this old earthly body is going to be turned into a glorified body. You say, well, where does that come in at? Well, when Christ appeared to the disciples before he ascended, he went through the door. He didn't open the door. He went through the door. He appeared. So his body became glorified. His body became something different. His body it was the same body. He told him, he said, you can feel the scars in my hand. I'm the same one that was hanging on the cross. Look where the spear pierced my side. You can, you can reach your hand in and feel the scar, but yet my body's been glorified. It's been changed in the twinkling of an eye. You see, they're going to be given a body that's perfect forever to live with God. 
Look at the word must in 1 Corinthians 15 and 54. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. It shows the change of, a, of man's body is essential and a must, an absolute necessity if a man is to live forever. Luke 20 and 36 said this, Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Look what John wrote in John 8 and 51. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. In John 11 and 26, he said, And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Believe thou this. I'm looking forward to the day that I get my new body. Guys, you know how much we look forward to? Every time something happens and we get to trade that old vehicle in and we can't wait to get in that new truck. I can't wait to get in that new body. I can't wait to get in that new body. It's not going to feel the pains. It's not going to have the scars. It's not going to have the battle wounds. It's not going to have the wear and tear. It's going to be a glorified body. The fourth event that will take place is the uniting of the living with the dead. In verse 17 he said, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. We shall be reunited with all of our loved ones. Even more wonderful, all believers, our loved ones, and those who we've never known shall be united together with us in the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine can you imagine the excitement? We'll be there together rejoicing in the presence of Him who has saved us and transformed us into the perfect and eternal beings. What a reunion day. What a family reunion. What a time to come together. When you're together with your family members, when you're changed, when you're caught up together and you know that there's nothing but eternity ahead of you in heaven. The fifth event that's going to take place when the Lord returns is the experience of living face to face with the Lord begins. We no longer have to wonder what Christ looks like. Oh, I know we've got pictures. We can, we can find pictures of him all over the place of what man's depiction of him looks like and what we think and what we've come up with and according to Scripture and history and theologists and all of the people of historians. And we've come up with a lot of different ideas and I, I believe they're close and I believe that, that they're accurate. But yet I believe when that day gets here, there'll be no questions about seeing him because for the first time I'm not going to just get to feel him. I'm not going to just get to experience his presence I'm not going to just get to to have him speak something into my heart or into my spirit but I get to look him in the face and I get to see the glorious Savior that went to the cross and died on Calvary that I might have life eternal that I might have hope of eternal life I get to see the Lord I get to see my Savior I get to see my God I get to see the one that paid the price that I could have eternal life I wonder what our first thoughts will be. What will be our first reaction? Everything will take place in the blinking of an eye. Everybody blink. 
and you were probably slow doing it on purpose than you would be doing it naturally. But in the blink of an eye is, when everything, is how fast everything's going to take place. Suddenly we'll be standing in midair and transformed into the perfect men and women that God intends for us to be. Suddenly we will be standing in the clouds in the midst of millions of other saints. Suddenly we will be transformed in the midst of the spectacular glory and majesty and dominion and power of the Lord God Himself. To be in His divine presence. Is there any question about what our first thoughts will be when this takes place? Our thoughts would be upon the Lord God Himself in all of His majesty, in all of His glory, in all of His splendor. I don't believe that you'll even think about the things around you for the first million years because you're going to be captivated by the face of Christ that gave you so much love, mercy, and grace all your life that that's all your attention and focus is going to be upon. We'll be lifting up His name in the most perfect praise and adoration ever arranged. We've sung great songs. We've had great music. We've had great worship. We've had great times of singing and inspiration and drawing into the presence of the Lord. But there's going to be a time that's going to be a perfect praise. I believe it'll be perfect pitch, perfect harmony. I believe it's going to be a sound like your ears have never heard before when we get in heaven. I believe it's going to be a time that we cannot even uh, even fathom in our mind what it's going to be like for Jesus himself will be the total focus of our attention for the psalmist David wrote in Psalms 81 he said the Lord the Lord our Lord how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens he said in Psalms 19 and 1 the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork he said in Psalms 136 and 1 oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever and then he said in Psalms 149 and 1 Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembling of the saints. He said, sing a new song. Let your praise go forth. Because the Lord, the Savior, the Deliverer has appeared. God doesn't reveal the events of the end time to satisfy our curiosities. But He tells us about the glorious events so that we can prepare our hearts and so that we can comfort one another with the hope and the assurance that there's a day coming soon that we're all going to be together in heaven and the Lord's coming. It doesn't matter how many people have told you, I've heard it all my life and it ain't happened yet. I don't know if it's going to happen. If you don't know if it's going to happen, then you're not where you need to be with Christ because if you've got Jesus in your heart, you know it's going to happen. You might not know when. You may not know the day nor the hour. You may not know the year. You may not know the when part, but you know in your knower that it's going to happen because that's our hope. There's no need for, dis- dis- for discouragement on the earth. No need for extreme sorrow or grief. No need for hopelessness. For the Lord Himself has given us the most wonderful hope. The hope of living face to face with Him in all eternity. There is nothing any greater that you will ever experience than making it to heaven 
and living in eternity with Him. The Bible said in Titus 2 and 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 and 3 tells us, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We need to comfort one another with these words. And as we look together for His appearing, we need to encourage one another to be prepared, to be ready. We need to be encouragers of our brother. We need to be encouragers of our sister. The world will be plenty critic enough. There's plenty of people that is pointing fingers at the Christian already. The body doesn't need to attack the body. The body needs to support the body. If there's ever been a time that the church needs to be in one mind and one accord, if there's ever been a time that the church needs to be drawing closer and seeking the Lord more often and being in His presence, I believe it's now. If there's ever been a time that we need to lift up our brother when we see him struggling, it's now. Anybody can be a critic, but you really know what's inside you when you walk up to somebody struggling that stumbled that's made mistakes, that may not be hitting the mark, and you can put your arm around them and you can say, hey, man, I love you. I'm praying for you. I know you're battling. I know you're going through something right now. I know you're having a hard time, and I just want you to know I still love you. You're my brother in Christ, and I'm lifting you up. I'm encouraging you. Anybody can come along and put your foot on somebody when they're already down. Anybody can point out somebody's faults. But before you point their faults out, how many times have you prayed for them? How many times have you called their name out to the Lord and said, Lord, don't let my brother go down this road. Don't let him fall. Don't let him mess up. Don't let him have failures in his life. Don't let, don't let anything happen to my brother. How many times have we done that before he become the subject of the gossip? Oh, how did I get down here? we need to be encouragers of one another. We need to keep the hope alive in our hearts that He is returning soon, that it's more than just a fairy tale or folklore. It's more than just the belief and the thoughts of a bunch of religious, fanatical people. I believe the Word of God. I believe what Jesus has prepared us for. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and 1, he said, For we know that if our our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. I'm planning on being a part of that eternal home. I want to share just these last few thoughts, and we're going to close. And it's entitled, The First Time He Came and the Next Time He Comes. The first time he came, he came as a baby in a manger. But the next time he comes, he'll come to rapture away the saints. The first time he came, a star marked the place of his birth. But the next time he comes, he will be the bright in the morning star. The first time he came, three wise men followed the star to find him. But the next time he comes, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord.
The first time he came, he came as a carpenter's son. But the next time he comes, he will come as the Son of God, risen with healing in his wings. The first time he came, he came as a pauper. But the next time he comes, he'll come as the owner of the universe. The first time he came, he came as deity clothed in flesh. But the next time he comes, he'll come as deity clothed in glory. And the first time he came, he came as a man but was still God. But the next time he comes, he'll come as Lord of Lords. The first time he came, he came as a Jewish boy. But the next time he comes, he will come as the head of every race, every tongue, and every nation. The first time that he came, he came for the purpose of redeeming mankind. But the next time he comes, he will come to judge the world. The first time he came, he came as a teacher and as a prophet. But the next time he comes, he's coming as the king of kings the first time he came he healed the sick he raised the dead and he set the captives free but the next time he comes he'll do away with sickness and disease and poverty the first time he came he came as a shepherd the shepherds came and visited him but the next time he comes he's coming as the chief shepherd of the life of every believer I'm glad to know that I have a Savior, I have a Deliverer, I have a Lord that's been preparing a place for me in heaven ever since the beginning of time. Your life did not start when you took your first breath after you were born. Your life started in the womb of your mother and you were with God before you were ever entered into the womb. Your, your life was with God in the beginning. I'm glad to know that we are drawing closer. We're drawing closer to the time that pain and suffering is going to be gone. The struggles and the battles are going to be over. Our race here is going to be won. We're going to have run the race, and we've finished the race. I'm looking forward to the day that Jesus comes. You say, but preacher, you're talking about the end of the world. It's coming. Whether we like it or we don't, you can't stop it, you can't postpone it, you can't change it, you can't affect it. If we think for a second that this world is going to last forever and ever and ever the way it is right now, God would need to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because it's just as bad now as it was then. And he destroyed the city. I believe with all my heart we're drawing closer to the rapture of the church. Are you saying, preacher, you're just trying to scare us? You're trying to prompt us into, into something? No, I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you that the Lord dropped in my spirit to tell you to prepare that His coming is drawing ever nearer than we ever thought it was coming. I believe that with all my heart. That's what God dropped in my spirit yesterday. He said, you tell my people that I'm coming. And it's drawing even closer than they even think that I'm coming. And we need to be prepared. Would you stand with me this morning all over the